welcome all of you here today. And we're in the process of working on something. <laughs> Apart from our brief quotations of great British humour, there's some small amounts of Torah content in this year as well. Sometimes. What we're doing now is we are engaged in a process of what we would call a quest for self. We're trying to we're trying to find out who we are, and once we know that, we're trying to find out what we need to do. And once we know that, we're trying to find out ways of doing it. If you don't know who you are, you can't possibly understand what you need to do. And even though you know what you need to do, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll do it. And that sums up what we started studying in the first chapter of the classic work, the Silat Yisharim, that he says that the foundation and the root, and we went into length discussing what those two metaphors served to indicate the foundation and the root is a knowledge of purpose a knowledge of purpose in the moment and long term as well but the knowledge of purpose can only come about through me understanding the individual nuances of my own personality within my context and that will bring about to a focus and a goal orientation. In other words, this dispels the often primitive notion that the concept of Torah and mitzvahs is all about the ritual performance of a whole list of different things that Jews have to do. And if you perform these things correctly, then you will be good and you will get the promised paradise and if you do not then you will get eternal damnation that is a very un-Jewish perspective on what we're doing in this world one has to realize that even though there's a necessary component to being in this world known as the observance of mitzvahs but that's not the point at all that's purely the vehicle that gives you the capacity to travel but the direction that you take that vehicle in is dependent on where you are in the world historically and geographically and who you are as a person in terms of your psychological makeup and therefore the notion of individuality and purpose is the basis of all self-development and essentially the basis of all spiritual striving and that's why the re that is the reason that is the reason that is the reason why we are brought into the world a person is obligated there's an obligation to say the world was created for me and this does not mean the ultimate sense of an egotistic egocentric perspective of the world and that the entire world is only there for me in terms of to serve me. Rather, 
the entire world without me utilizing my strengths and abilities to the nth degree without me contributing to it what I need to contribute to it the world will be lacking fundamentally there will be a world which will not be a full world in other words the imperative for purpose is not only the luxury of self-actualization and fulfillment but it extends to a cosmic dimension I had to use the words Connor. had to had to say cosmic let me go in three sentences and have it cosmic well, don't worry, there should be transcendental coming up soon. Transcendent, at least. Transcendental could be a little bit cultish. Are you following me? In other words, don't any of you in the room think that you can get away by fashioning yourself or what you need to do in your Avodah Hashem on the person sitting next to you or in front of you or someone you read about in a book or some great folk rabbi hero that you happen to adore. A few problems with that. I mean, of course. I love it. You, you have to be you, you have, in other words the first rule in Judaism is you got to be yourself you got to be if you're not yourself and even if you're the frommest holiest you, your payers are so long they so long they scrape the ground they scrape the ground and the only problems you have in life is trying to untangle the knots that your payers get into with your tzitzis and your beard <laughs> It's not going to help. It's not going to help. You can be as from as from can be. You can be, you can be devoted to the performance of mitzvah and the study of Torah. If you don't do what you can do and no one else can do, then you have not done your purpose in this world. Even though you are from, even though you only eat best hechsherim, you daven at the loudest minyanim, you shockle at a speed of 613 SPM shockles per minute 613 all those tremendous attributes will not bring you to your to your realization of what you're meant to be doing or to perfection or to completion the only thing that will ever help you and assist you is being who you are of course being who you are in the purest sense, not in the sense of letting yourself go and become a slave to different emotional and negative issues inside of you. Are you all following me? I hope this is no chiddish to anyone. Is this a chiddish to anyone? This is interactive. Is this a chiddish? Let's pretend this is a dialogue. Hello, hi guys, how are you doing? Good. Um, is this a chiddish to anyone? Never. Is this obvious? Do you feel like I'm wasting your time? Again, Mimon of Shach. One second. If this is obvious, so then why am I restating it? Is it important? Aha. I think it was initially obvious. Is that why you have recently had that haircut and donned that white shirt? And the keeper. <laughs> no, I just... And the black keeper. 
I think you put that in the last time I was wearing a piece of the old doesn't fall off my head theory. <laughs> Heard that one before. <laughs> no, no, it's just more comfortable. Sure. Well, obviously, you know, things can be obvious and yet overlooked. Things can be obvious and overlooked. Forget things. Yes, but I think, I think, Sean, the point that Sean made is actually quite appropriate because there is a almost generic expectation which is leveled against people on a constant basis. People say, and this is, there's almost this badging about of a ultimate ideal which everyone seems to want everyone else to subscribe to. We all have to be like, which is something which is a, a negative infiltration. To, we don't have to be, I mean, we don't have to be like anyone. The only person we ever have to be like is ourselves. Yes, I mean. Uh, I, I came in late, so I might have missed something, but you said something in the line of, you should, you, I agree, you have to be yourself, but you shouldn't look up to or use like, someone as an example, that you should just be yourself. It doesn't mean that you cannot learn from people who have, who, have, who have talents that you'd like to fashion something inside of you that you realize connects to upon them. In other words, I'm a pretty sure that all great sportsmen have their mentors, teachers, and people they look up to, but they never duplicate. Rebbe, you can have a Rebbe. So let's talk about a Rebbe, because I think this is an important point. Everyone needs to have a Rebbe. Everyone needs to have a Rebbe for many reasons. The Mishnah Perikah always says the importance of Asayla Chorav, but even from a practical perspective, a mentor is always a helpful thing to have. He's objective, he's more experienced, he can guide you, he can see the, the biases that you have in your life, he's got a greater perspective and clarity, but he's not God, A, and B, he cannot make a decision for you. And this is a crucial point where... But you can't go against your, and it's really difficult to go against your, if you ask him a question and he says don't do it, do it so there's two roles a Rebbe plays. The one role that a Rebbe plays is to give guidance, and the second role a Rebbe plays, if he's in the context of halakha, is he rules in a halachic matter. If a Rebbe gives you a halachic psak and he's an authoritative opinion, meaning he's established, he has the authority to do so, and he paskins halacha for you, so then you're obligated to keep the halachic paskins. If he gives you an advice, so you can take it or leave it. You take it or leave it. The way Rabbi Schiller beautifully defined what a Rebbe is, and I think this is an excellent way of putting it across, is someone whose opinion needs to be reckoned with. Someone whose opinion needs to be reckoned with. He's not absolute, he's not a dictator, he's not an autocrat. He's someone that, based on his knowledge of you and of the situation, it would be really wise to listen to what he has to say. But it doesn't mean that you have to listen to him. On the contrary, there is a common and terrible misunderstanding. So this is specifically amongst Baile Chiva. Because Baile Chiva naturally are more lost, they have no reference points in going forward in Judaism. They can't think back to the way their parents did it or grandparents. They can't remember what their brother did at the age they were at. So they have no reference points. So they're much more needy in terms of direction. As a natural consequence of the predicament of a Baal Shiva, he seeks assurance from a Rebbe in almost a 
highly dependent on a health and unhealthy fashion because his dependence on his Rebbe belies his natural age. Really, as a mature adult, he should be making his own decisions. But because he's so confused and in a world which is so unfamiliar, so he has to gravitate towards some type of solid figure. It's like being a child again. And being a child when you're not a child can be a very destructive process. Since a person's advanced in his levels of maturity beyond a certain level, and then he has to revert back to an earlier stage, he can destroy himself in the process, and sometimes he can actually feel comfort in doing so. And that's why a Baal has to be extremely cautious not to attach himself and create a dependency on the Rebbe. It's a very unhealthy thing to do. It's a very unhealthy thing. Do not give up your capacity to choose. That is something which is the only thing which makes into who you are, your decisions, fashion and mold who you are, and no one else does that. And that's what you're held responsible for. Good? So now, the Ramchal presents in his introduction that the foundation and the root of all spiritual advancement, as we said, is a knowledge of context and who you are. We said, and now I'd like to just flesh it out, a shtikala, that there are three things that have to be taken into consideration when trying to locate yourself. As one of the kinyone hatoi, one of the ways Torah is acquired is known as hamakiris mekoimoi, recognizing your place, having a knowledge of where you fit up, fit in the hierarchy or in the context of Torah. There are three points that we have to think about when discussing locating ourselves. The first is geography, the second is history, and the third is psychology. Historically, we have to know where we're located. And this is crucial. There's two points to history. Personal history and general history. General history means we have to realize that we, in terms of the progression of the Jewish people as a whole, we are very, very far away from our Sinai. We are very far away from the Beis HaMikdash. Far away from prophecy. Far away from the time of the Rishonim far away from the time of the early Achronim. We're very, very far away. In the words of the mystics, we are in the generation known as Ikvasa de Mashiach, the footsteps of Mashiach, but the heel as well. In other words, if we think about the higher generations, the earlier generations as the heads, we are the heel, which is the very bottom part of the foot. We're not even the top skin of the upper toe. We are the heel. The heel is such a lowly part of the body that it's the part of the body which touches the soil. There could be no greater distance than the distance between the heel and the head. So in terms of our location in the stature of the body of the people of Israel, we are the lowest that has ever been before. We are the lowest of the low. We are at the bottom at the very, very, very bottom. Words of inspiration. Why is it important to know that, other than for the process of internal self-flagellation? Um, it's important to know this because if you know where you are, you can set your sights accordingly. If, for example, you and I would attempt to reach the level of prophecy, and go about fasting for 40 days and trying to reach a level of spiritual clarity whereby we'll become prophets, at the end of those 40 days what would more likely occur is men dressed in white coats 
will come and take us to a warm, cozy place. A padded kind of cell. In, because if you're trying to reach above your spiritual level, you can land up very badly bruised. If you try to fly and you actually manage to take off, there's a small problem when you don't have wings to continue flying. So therefore we have to realize that we are the lowest of the low. But being that we're the lowest of the low and being that we're the heel of the body of Ketal Yisrael, we also have to realize something which is crucial. That that same lowliness and that same shiftless hamadrega is enormously empowering and elevating. Because even though we are the heel in comparison to the head, the entire body, from the head to the shoulders, to the torso, to the legs, to the knees, to the shins, to the feet, the entire body of Klai Yisrael, the entire history of the Jewish people, the entire tradition, the purpose of the nation that was given the Torah 3,300 odd years ago, everything, absolutely everything that has come before us rests upon us. And with these lowly hills, we take footstep after footstep and we carry everything that was before us into the era that is ahead of us. So we are the lowest of the generations ever to have been and we are the most important generation ever to have been. Because we are the ones that herald the new age and it's through our efforts and persistence that the entirety of Kalal Yisrael has continued to. That's amazing. It's amazing. It means there's never been a more vital generation. There's never been a more critical time to advance in our knowledge of self and our striving for spiritual perspective and perfection. Never in the history of the world. In the history of the world. That's history. History means we have to know where we are and therefore we have to realize that there's limitations. The truth is, even in Rabbi Israel Salanta's time, he said that was in the 1700s, early 1800s, he wanted to take all of the realms of Torah, get together a group, a team, and divide up who should learn what. Because he said, there's no longer one man that can contain all the Torah in himself. So let's work as a team. You learn this particular section of Shulchan Aruch. You learn that section of Shas. You learn Midrashim. And then we'll have discussions where each will contribute his portion and will balance off, enough, off one another in order to come to clarity in what Torah should be done. Because there's no man great enough to contain all. And that was 200 years ago today. We have to realize, we have to set a limit to what we can achieve. Which doesn't mean that we can't achieve a lot. Just think about it. There's no reason why every single person in this room can't go through the entire Talmud Bavli Shas within the next 14 years. If a person subscribes to the Daf Yoimi learning program, it will take him seven years. Seven years for covering that amount of information is not a long period of time. Seven years is the length of an average degree, including internship. So by devoting an hour and a half a day, every person can 
have traveled through Shas. It's definitely something which is achievable within a lifetime. No question. To know it, perhaps that's a later stage which would require more investment. Every person can transform himself, can change. One of the most basic notions of Musa, which is what we're discussing, is the notion of change. That the Bale Musa would always say, we don't want to become better, we want to become different. Change means not that you take the same old person and then you tweak him. Amiel. Rather, change means you take the same person and you reinvent him. Like the singer that sang at the wedding I recently attended. There's this man, he is world famous in small sections of Johannesburg, and <laughs> he, he was the classic bar mitzvah act. The classic. He played at every Jewish bar mitzvah across the southern, sorry, the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, and he really was a real hit. And what happened is, as what happens with these musicians, is he went out of fashion. And he went from absolute popularity to anonymity. He just disappeared off the... And then he completely reinvented himself. He became the from music musician. I don't know about his religious affiliation, but what he did was he just completely changed his marketing. So he d rediscovered himself, reinvented himself as the ultimate frumster and now he plays at all the weddings and again he's superbly popular. But if you try to compare the man that was and the man that is, different people. He reinvented himself. So I was discussing this with the person who was sitting next to me at the wedding as we were discussing his reinvention and I was sharing with him my frustrations as I tend to do to anyone who's willing to listen and regularly. And said to me he's just been on the business course and in the business course they plotted on a chart the way products generally work and businesses generally function and on a graph there's it goes up it ascends and ascends and ascends reaches a peak and then it starts to go down when it starts to go down there's a choice if they then reinvent the product so it starts to go up again if they don't and they leave the product as is the product dies can I just get a bit of affirmation from the business scholars amongst us? Yes, good. <laughs> Businesses. Sorry? Coca Cola's been reinvented a thousand times, my friend. Same taste. Same taste, but the image has changed. How many times have you read in a Coke bottle in the last decade, Coke is real? I grew up with Coke is real. I mean, I didn't say what the Havermena was. What, Coke is a fiction? <laughs> Coke is life. Did you grow up with Coke is life? No. Uh, no, that was on the bottle itself. <laughs> sorry, sorry, bottle. They used to come in bottles. Um, Coke is life. Again, the Havermena was, what is Coke? So, Taka, uh, that's a good Havermena. Um... Any product has to reinvent itself. Products always Pepsi just changed their Logan, their logo. They just became different. No? Vada. Branding. Branding is huge, huge. So a person in his own self development is no different. 
the person goes through a stage, and this is now just moving on from what we discussed. There's his story, again, it's not his uh, history. A person has to have a historical context and realize the limitations based on the fact that we're in this generation and therefore what we have to achieve now is carrying on the flame and not striving for levels of prophecy. We have to, we have to work within our parameters and not try to pretend that we think people we're not. In terms of your own personal history, and this is the point that we just mentioned, you also have to realize where you are in life. Because when you're 13, what you have to do is very different from when you're 18. And when you're 18, it's very different from what you have to do when you're 20. <coughs> and when you're 30, it's very different from what you have to do when you're 40. And that's when this um, graph starts, starts to become relevant. Because a person grows and grows and grows, and then you start to plateau, and then you start to descend. And then it becomes extremely dangerous in your growth in Judaism as well, that if you start to go down and you carry on doing that, you freeze. And your Judaism starts to die a slow and agonizing death, which may, of course, not be visible to the people around you, but it becomes present in your family life and in your children. And you can't understand that he's such a good guy, but his, his kids seem so not connected. A person has to constantly reinvent his own avoider. His own, that's historically. So you have to know where historically, and that gives you focus in realizing where you are. Then there's geography. Geography means you have to know where you are. Depending on your actual physical location, your avoider, your purpose differs. If you're located in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. You're from Tucson? Amazing. Arizona! So the type of areas where you have to invest your efforts are very different from when you're in Yerushalayim or Kodesh. And if you are located in Phoenix, Ohio... <laughs> sorry, no, I knew that. Columbus. Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. Or if you're located in Baltimore, New Jersey... <laughs> Wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are, if you're in Borough Park, so, or if you're in, wherever you are, wherever you are, the Bronx, Cape Town, Staten Island, if you're in Sydney, Australia, for example, if you're in Sydney, let's take, for example, let's focus on Sydney, Australia for the moment, Sydney, yeah, Australia, so Sydney, Australia, what is, what is the void of this? So if I say to Kelman, and I actually had this conversation with him, uh, he was like, almost like, Overflowing with joy. I, I said, Kelman, how's it going? He says, Rob, he says, I made some major progress. I said, what is it? He says, I've decided to take on the positive commandment. This is, again, this is like after Kelman was already, already a bent Torah. I've decided to start benching after I've eaten bread. So he said, Kelman, that, that's amazing. Hiding my shock and horror. And he says, yes, Rob, I felt I was ready for that big moment. I said, how long have you been from? He says, 15 years. <laughs> But again, in, in Sydney, Australia, that's like a major move forward. There's very little plausibility structure for religious observance. Uh, remember that discussion? Uh, how did it seem from your perspective? Like it was a real triumph. Yeah. Amazing! Mr. Reisler! Amazing! I finally did it! It takes two and a half minutes! What amazing man! It's tough, how's that look? <laughs> there you go! So that's called, that's called geography, right? 
No, that was a major. It was a major event. It was a major event. Like if you think about Min Ben, Minch at work. I remember used to hide in closets. Remember <laughs> that? Going to a I know, but yeah. But whereas benching, imagine if a person comes to you in your ship and he says, "Wow, why are you looking so happy?" He says, "I'm benched today." Like <laughs> 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 over yeah, you know, you sit around and you're going to bench, you're going to bench. Ah, it's not much of an assignment not to bench. So wherever you are, wherever you are, Adam Simon, you you disagree or you think it's amazing to bench? What's your reflections over there? Sorry, I didn't, when I said Sydney, I didn't mean to exclude Melbourne. I, I'm sure you're feeling I quite hurt there. Uh, <laughs> I was referring to the entire Australian desert. I mean, did I say desert? I meant continent. Um, what, what a wonderful place, after all. The land is girt by sea. I mean. Thanks. Yeah. No, no, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that's. That's another vital point, geographical location. And again, when you're processing your avoider, you have to be cognizant of all these things. Because if you're not cognizant of it and you try to reproduce what you're doing in Jerusalem, in Phoenix, you ain't going to do it. If you try to do what you're doing in Tucson back over here, uh, that's silly. You have to know where you are and have this relationship with your external environment. Geographically, you have to be in touch. Historically, you have to be in touch. And finally, psychologically, you have to be in touch. Psychologically means you have to know who you are as a person. Some people cannot get out of bed in the morning. For them, to Davon Chakras once a week is a major triumph. For someone else, it's a major failure. For some people, to concentrate in Shemona Esra is a joy and a pleasure. For others, it's an absolute trial. They can't focus. All they think about in Shemona Esra is, it's amazing what they think about. It's amazing. <laughs> you like, you, it's, ama it's amazing. You never thought that, you couldn't, you never thought you could think thoughts of such triviality and <laughs> purposelessness. <laughs> So based on your own internal makeup, in based on your geographical location, based on your historical positioning, both personal and national, describes what you have to do in life. Do you understand that, Absalom? Do you understand that? So therefore, that's just a further qualification of the foundation point of Avodah Hashem that the Mr. Shoyim introduces us to. A person has to know, what do I have to do in my life? And in understanding who you are, where you are, and when you are, you're able to orientate yourself in terms of purpose. Because the needs of your generation and the needs of your place and the needs of yourself will give you, will be arrows pointing in the direction of what you are meant to do. And if you ignore those arrows and you move blindingly forward, trying to just be a from Jew, it will not help. You have to be sensitive to what type of person you have to be. The mitzvahs are just the vehicle, they're not the steering wheel. Do you understand that? And therefore, gentlemen, I would just like to leave you with a small story. The story was told. I've just come back from Africa. And I went to lunch with a person that studied in the program. And we ate lunch with a few of his business colleagues in one of the um, 
business centers of Johannesburg and there we all sat talking about nothing <laughs> when I say nothing it was pleasant chit chat and a strange custom evolved at this business lunch all the guys that I had lunch with are they involved in the markets at a certain point in the lunch there was a pause and in a split second seven blackberries were unsheathed from their holsters and Bloomberg's flashed onto the screen and there was some pleasant chit chat in regard to a variety of oscillation in the stock prices and all this was done in the midst of a conversation what I was fascinated by is that that entire process went completely unnoticed by them they had no conscious awareness that that was happening and only when I said guys this is like this is a strange minute like I'm thinking about my machronim and what are you doing and they looked at me quizzically um, not realizing that this is that's called context that's called context there the test is a completely different test a person could come up with a variety of different ways of how to use his blackberry in an appropriate fashion or how to not be pulled in by it or how to pull away from it and therefore the avoider that that type of context creates is very different from the safe and cocooned environment of a yeshiva where the purpose is to grow in a very different fashion. So gentlemen, I'll leave you with that thought and I'll leave you with that thought. Goodbye.